God's grace, peace, and mercy be with you on this third Sunday of Easter through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We're here for you. We're all in this together. Aren't you glad to know so many people are here for you? Your local Toyota dealer is here for you. Your local GM Chrysler dealer is here for you. ABC, NBC, CBS are here for you, along with the folks at K2, COIN, and KGW News Channels. State Farm and every other insurance company out there is here for you. Aren't you reassured? Well, one thing's certain, and that is we are all in this together, unlike a lot of other crises that happen in the world. And for the Christians, or for the Christian church, in such a time like this, it almost, I mean, it seems to go without saying, doesn't it, that God is here for us. Right? I mean, I mean that's our confession all the time. That's our confession whether in a time of crisis or in a time of prosperity, is it not? For those of us who started having children 20 years ago, were we naive to hope that our children would live 100 years or so without experiencing any major calamity? And that's probably what we all hoped, but realistically, I mean, in the last century, it was possible to have lived your whole life without living through some major event, if your lifespan had been about 20, 30 years. You know, we tend to look at our lives like a line, right? Our lifespan's like a line, a straight line. We're, we're born into history at some point, and we move along uh, on that point toward the goal of heaven. And there are bumps along the way. But God carries us along like we're on a racetrack until we reach the end. After that, there's the resurrection, and we live eternally on a new earth and the new heavens and all of that. But let me offer you today a more biblical way of thinking and looking at your life on this earth. Look at your life as if it were a circle. And if you live, say, 60 years or more, you're going to live through these things. Now, I apologize if they're too small for you to read on the screen, but I'll read them to you as we go along. We're going to start clockwise at the top there. This is what your life is like as a cycle, as a child of God, right? God's people prosper. The people get spoiled. The people forget God. The people sin big time. God sends an oppressor. The oppressor makes life harsh. The people repent and call to God for help. God sends a deliverer. God's deliverer overthrows the oppressor. God restores his people. God blesses his people. Now we're back up at the top. God's people prosper. God's people get spoiled. The people forget God. The people sin, right? So it goes around and around and around. Now, you might live long enough to experience a complete cycle. I mean, it, this doesn't always take a millennia or even a century. But the ancient Hebrews certainly knew this as a way of living in relation to God very well, as did Israel later on, and so does the Christian church today. So... Where are we now in this 
cycle of sin, repentance, forgiveness, restoring, and blessing. Where do you think we are? <laughs> the six, the six thirty seven o'clock position. Ah, the oppressor is making life harsh. It would seem that way, wouldn't it? It seems our time of feasting and playing has given way to a time of fasting and praying. The oppressor, in this case a disease, is making life harsh. So we cry out to God for help. We repent of our sin. Now I've read that after the catastrophe that was the Second World War, the Christian church grew dramatically. And it wasn't only because of the baby boom. And it wasn't only because of increased patriotism and good citizenship. It was due in large part to men returning from battle with the scars of war and experiencing up close just how chancy life really is. The Holy Spirit found these men with hearts ready to receive faith in Jesus Christ because of their brokenness. Now, today, I'm not really seeing a big return to God and His church. I, I mean, I don't know. I can't see it. I don't really know what's going on out there. I'm not hearing of any big, great revival going on, are you? Regardless, while the unbelieving world trembles and attempts to come to grips with a risky universe, the people of God look to Him, not just for help, but forgiveness, restoration, hope, right? Hope in a life one day finally free of chance and risk of death. Now, for as many times in the history of this world, this cycle has gone around. There was one time in history when it was interrupted. Something major happened. A cataclysmic event in the positive took place. And instead of believers crying out for help and healing, they cried out to God for help in boldness to speak about the risen Jesus. And it's all here in our Verses today from Acts. Now, I would encourage you to read Acts chapter 4 today at home. And you, in fact, I would encourage you to read chapters 1 through 4. It's not going to take you very long. It's not going to take you hours, right? Just a few minutes to read Acts chapter 1 through 4. When you get to chapter 4, I want you to keep in mind that the text that you heard today, that you heard Jeff read today, it's not normally read in church on Sundays. It's not in the three-year lectionary. Nevertheless, it's a very good one, right? Because you heard about the church crying out to God for boldness. Jesus rose from the tomb, walked and talked with his disciples for 40 days. Then on the Mount of Olives, a half mile from Jerusalem, he went up into heaven. The disciples then go into Jerusalem and continue Jesus' ministry of proclaiming the kingdom of God is here. This is what you're going to read in the first few chapters of the book of Acts. You're going to read that the disciples are going around proclaiming that there is forgiveness for everyone to be taken, to be, to be had. And on that great day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit brings Thousands of people from all over that part of the land 
brings thousands of people to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, here's where our text today comes in. On that very same day, at least it appears to be on the same day from what the text reads, Peter and John perform their first miracle. They heal a lame beggar at the steps of the temple. I think this is chapter 3. The, the verses before are the ones today. And they do it like they've been doing this for years, right? <laughs> Even when the crowd around them gasps in amazement, Peter and John just give them this little sermonette as if it's just no big deal, right? Well, I mean, it is a big deal. But they, they, say to the, they say to the crowd, hey, don't be amazed at this. You know, why are you so amazed at this? This isn't by our power that we do this. It's by the God whom you just crucified. But there is forgiveness, right? Because as Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Peter and John say to this amazed crowd, you knew not what you were doing, and there is forgiveness. Then the Pharisees get word of what's going on, And just as if nothing had happened in Jerusalem with the crucifixion and Easter morning, you know, even though the temple was shaken by an earthquake and the the curtain was torn in two in the sanctuary, these guys are still on this kick. You know, they're still all worried about these miracles and by whose authority they're being done. You know, they're, they're still threatened by all of this. And they drag Peter and John and the rest into court and grill them about what, they're, uh, about what they're doing. And these Pharisees, these these Jewish leaders are so amazed that these uneducated, uneducated fishermen can speak with such authority and eloquence and confidence. So much so that the Pharisees can't find a way to throw these guys in prison. Or to have them crucified too. So they let them go. When Peter and John were freed again, they went to their friends and told them everything that the high priest had said. And when the people heard the good news that the priests couldn't find any way to throw them in prison, they rejoiced and praised God, singing the Psalms of David. And here's the best part. When they had prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken by, well, it would seem, an earthquake of some kind. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and boldly spoke God's word. We tend to overlook this reading by the one about Pentecost, where the Holy Spirit comes down like, like fire and the, the people are speaking in tongues. We completely, well, not completely, but we often overlook this other amazing account of the Spirit shaking the ground or shaking the place where these the disciples were meeting and giving them boldness to speak God's Word. Man, do we need that boldness now. Holy Spirit, do we need you now. Fill us with that boldness to speak of Jesus Christ. Yes? Now, even though we're sitting in our homes, most of us anyway, some of us are still getting out, working, whatnot, We still need to be able to proclaim Jesus with boldness and what he's done. He's overcome this world, right? He's overcome this pandemic, even though we're living through it. The oppressor will be overthrown. 
and we will be restored. My friends, our problems right now are not petty, to be sure. People are out there, well, they've lost work, and any one of us can get coronavirus even when we're doing everything right and following the guidelines from the experts. The universe seems a lot more chancy than it did a few months ago. But our sin isn't petty either, in God's view. It's bad. Worthy of everlasting punishment and condemnation. The oppression we're going through right now shows us the law of God and the need for His redemption. The need for a deliverer. And as we endure and await the overthrow of the oppressor, let's together, as his church, daily repent of our sin and bask in the forgiveness that has been won for us in Jesus Christ. In the midst of this time of hardship, on the circle of life as a child of God, it's still Easter time. So let's rejoice that through all of this, the Holy Spirit refashions you and me in God's image by his word and spirit. So with one heart and one spirit, we say, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, quickly. Return quickly. May the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.